Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 269 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading the third chapter of Titus today, and our focus is on what is the best summary of the gospel in the Bible and how Christians should behave and not behave. Well, every day we dig into God's Word chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We ask questions of the text and seek to learn from God's Holy Word. Our goal is to get you involved in daily Bible living, daily Bible listening, daily Bible understanding, and daily Bible obeying. Please do share the show with a friend. Mention it to them uh, in real life or on social media and invite them to join us on the journey. Our website is Bible2021.com. Now, I sometimes hear about it from my friend Lamar when I make bold claims in the title of this podcast and don't back them up. So I hope that we can at least make a case today that Titus 3 contains uh, what may just be the best summary of the good news of Jesus in the Bible. It's certainly one of the best summaries of the good news of Jesus in the Bible, and uh, probably the most Trinitarian summary of it. But first, how should Christians behave and not behave? Well, if you haven't noticed yet, Titus is like really, even though it's only three chapters long, it's got a ton to say about Christian behavior, and almost all of it is really very practical. I find Titus to be an eminently important text for Christians in our modern era to read, especially given some of the bad behavior we have probably all witnessed and maybe even contributed to on social media by those purporting to be Christians over the past few years. How does the Bible tell us how to behave? Well, let's dive right in because that's what the chapter starts off with. Paul tells Pastor Titus to teach and command and remind new Christians of the following. Verse 1, remind them to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey to be ready for every good work, to slander no one, to avoid fighting, and to be kind, always showing gentleness to all people. Well, look, this whole passage is pretty simple in a lot of ways. There's not a lot of wiggle room here. All Christians, men and women, right, are called to submit to the rulers and authorities and to obey them. As we've talked about before, I believe the only exception to this command and many other commands in the Bible that tell us to obey the government authorities is when the rulers and authorities command something that directly violates a command of God uh, or a command of God's word. Obey and submit are big words, and they mean something. Christians are supposed to be people who obey the laws and submit to the laws and the commands of the government of bosses and just various leaders, as long as those commands don't violate God's commands. When they do, we say what Peter and John said, we must obey God rather than men. Jesus said, preach the gospel. The government told them no, and they follow Jesus and not the government. Other situations, ones we may be uncomfortable with, etc., Well, the counsel of the word of God is submit and obey. But that's not all, folks, because we're also supposed to slander no one. And that no one includes that politician or whoever that you really, really believe deserves to just let him have it on social media or whatever. Uh, Not only that, we're to avoid fighting. Well, what kind of fighting, Paul? Like arguments or like fisticuffs? Well, this particular Greek word here appears to uh, be more talking about fighting, fighting, like beating each other up with our hands and feet. Now, does that preclude Christians from sport fighting, like boxing and wrestling? Well, 
I don't know. Maybe? But I hope not, as I used to be quite the boxer back in the day. They called me the Alabama kid. Uh, okay. I actually made that up. I'm sorry. Let's keep going with the practical commands. Be kind. It's repeated often in Scripture. And then we get to a doozy. Show gentleness to all people. My dear friends, all means all. This means gentleness to everybody, even those you politically disagree with and sportingly disagree with and uh, vaccinationally disagree with and medically disagree with. All means all, all, all. We're called to be gentle to everybody by our words and actions and tweets and texts and posts on social media, all people. Well, that's two verses absolutely loaded with practical and honestly difficult commands to follow. Commands our flesh will absolutely rebel against, and yet there they are in black and white. Well, one more set of commands to discuss in this passage that kind of goes along with verses 1 and 2, and that's verses 9 through 11, where Paul says, avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, and disputes about the law, because they're unprofitable and worthless. Reject a divisive person after a first and second warning, for you know that such a person is going to straight and is sinning. He is self-condemned. Well, no foolish debates. We're not allowed to have those. No fussing about genealogies, which apparently was more of a thing back in the day than it is today for most of us. No quarrels, period. No disputes about the law. Now, does that mean disputes about the government law or about the Old Testament law? And I guess the answer is probably both, especially when you consider all of these commands together. It seems like Paul is saying it as clear as possible. Christians, no arguing and fighting and debating. In fact, he expresses it this way in uh, 2 Timothy 2.24, The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach and patient. Well, these commands no doubt spring from Jesus' teaching about making peace. As he says in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Friends, sons of God make peace. Don't ca- They don't cause division. Let me say that again because it's important. Sons of God make peace. We don't cause division. Christians are called to be a people who bring peace. We're called to be a people who avoid dissension, arguments, and quarrels like the plague. Now, you might think, oh, that's so Pollyanna. That's so idealistic. But listen, these are crystal clear and oft-repeated commands in Scripture. We advance the truth and serve the Lord by means other than arguments and quarrels and dissensions. Well, a standalone verse worth mentioning here in Titus is verse 8, where Paul says, This saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone. Well, Critics sometimes try to pit James and Paul against each other in the Bible, with Paul speaking in favor of faith and James in favor of good works, but, you know, I just don't see it. Paul unquestionably commands Christians to be devoted to good works because they're good and helpful to everyone. Well, finally, the best, close to the best, a really fantastically awesome summary of the good news in the Bible is in Titus 3, 4-7. through Paul writes, When the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, 
through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured out his Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. Well, four verses, two sentences. It tells us, Salvation begins with the kindness of God, our Savior, who saves us not by our merit or good works, but by his mercy. He saves us by washing us through the renewing and regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. And look, this passage is not referring to water baptism, but it's referring to the washing of the Spirit. We are declared righteous, justified, and made fit for heaven by grace, which is undeserved favor. Not only does God save us in his mercy, but he pours out his spirit on us with great abundance through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who, going even further, enables us to become heirs. We're called in elsewhere in the Bible, co-heirs with him, heirs or inheritors of eternal life in heaven. Now, there are other go- uh, summaries of the gospel that are super powerful in scripture. Some might be a little shorter, some might be a little longer. And maybe it's silly of me to say this is the best, but um, okay, it is a little silly to say it is the best, but at least allow that this is one of the shortest yet deepest, so theologically rich a summary of what God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit does for us in salvation. And it's almost certainly the most Trinitarian summary of the gospel, at least that I know of. What a beautiful truth to go back to again and again and again and again and meditate on. Well, let's read the whole passage together. Titus chapter 3, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Remind them to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to slander no one, to avoid fighting, and to be kind, always showing gentleness to all people. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured out his Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone, but avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, and disputes about the law because they are unprofitable and worthless. Reject a divisive person after a first and second warning. For you know that such a person has gone astray and is sinning. He is self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, make every effort to come to me in Nicopolis because I have decided to spend the winter there. Diligently help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their journey so that they will lack nothing. Let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful." All those who are with me send you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with all of you. Amen. Well, what a fantastic close to a very short letter. Let's close this podcast with another fantastic passage of scripture. It is our scripture memory for the month of September. And it is 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, which says, 
All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.